0: This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. In our culture today, we throw around the word hero quite a bit. We've got superheroes in movies. Well, today, in this edition of Radiant Reflections, Pastor Ryan Bibb and Pastor Josh Harrima interview and talk with two real heroes in our community current law enforcement officer Ryan Benazek of the Sturgis Police Department, and former police officer Dave Northrup. Here they are with episode 23 of Radiant Reflections.
1: Well, good morning. It's Josh Herma here with another episode of Radiant Reflections, here once again with my co-host, Pastor Ryan Bibb, who's drinking some coffee over there. Is it delicious? It is. It's good. Resika did a good job. All right. They've mastered the art of whatever... J.B. and Resika, tag teaming, excellent cop, cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, we are here today for episode 23 with two pretty cool guests. We have with us Mr. Dave Northrup. Good morning. And Mr. Ryan Benazic. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Well, Wonderful. <laughs> is this the first podcast you guys have ever been on? Um, I think it's my first podcast. It is for me. Now, have you guys done radio stuff with, like, styles down at the station? Yeah, stuff like quite that. a lot of that. Okay. Yeah, so you guys, psh, they're Pro, pros. Old, old hat. <laughs> old hat. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> hey, uh, for our listeners that may not have any idea who these guys are, can we have them explain who they are? We are. We're actually We're going to – that's oh. one of the first things. Oh, yeah. look at that. You okay, it would help if I looked at the questions. <laughs> there it is. All right. It would, and would uh, Hey, just for those of you that are listening uh, rather than watching, because we have two Ryans in the house today, and both of their last names start with the same letter, uh, I will try <laughs> when I'm referring to – Ryan Bibb to designate Pastor Ryan or Ryan Bibb. Superior Ryan. (laughs) Father Ryan. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) The Radiant Rabbi uh, Ryan. (laughs) Uh, Some way to designate, just so those of you that are listening know which Ryan uh, we're talking to, if it isn't blatantly obvious because one of them will be talking about working as a police officer (laughs) and the other one won't be. Um, But, you know, we try to cover all the bases. So to start with, Ryan and Dave, for our listeners, uh, could you give a little bit of background on who each of you are, kind of, you know, what you guys do and that sort of thing? Ryan, we'll, we'll start with you. I was going to go with age before beauty with Dave, but um,
2: yeah, so I am the, uh, currently the deputy police chief for the city of Sturgis. I've been there for 15 years, a little bit about my career. I've spent time on the road as a road patrol officer, as a supervisor, as a sergeant on the road. I uh, Spent time undercover working narcotics, um, several years in the SWAT team, detective sergeant, and now currently deputy chief. So part of my day-to-day operations is kind of overseeing uh, the daily, the daily show at the police department, um, dealing with officers, you know, administrative matters, that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, also, in my time at the police department, Dave and I have been fortunate enough to do a couple mission trips um, down to Costa Rica, Ecuador, uh, training some law enforcement officers. So I've been involved in that kind of stuff as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a, which I mean that at some point in the future we'll probably talk about Tactica, which is the organization yep. you, know, you referenced uh, on a future podcast when we talk about outreach. Uh, but yeah, good, that was my stuff. shameless plug. No, hey, that's, <laughs> that's all right. We all have them. that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how long how long have you been in Sturgis? So I've been in Sturgis for fifteen years. Okay. Yep, I oh, came so right out of the uh, police
2: academy, and Sturgis was my uh, first my first job. Oh. been here ever since. Okay. Um, Dave is the one that hired me. So whether he <laughs> he regrets that choice. He, he maybe, well maybe, he, maybe he'll tell us um, yeah. uh, here today. That's, uh, I started right here right out of the police cab, me at 21 years
1: old. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right, Dave. Um,
3: I'm the retired public safety director. So um, I've been in law enforcement for over 25 years. Um, held jobs from the director of public safety, the chief of police, uh, road supervisor, special response unit. Um, Drug unit. I did a little undercover uh, work as well. Um, Defensive tactics instructor. a dare officer and road patrol were some of the jobs I did for um, while in police work. Um, Also, the Michigan Chiefs of Police. I was the chair for the Public Safety Committee. And uh, Ryan as well was a graduate of the FBI's National Academy. Um, That's an executive law enforcement uh, academy three-month school. And I'm currently the safety and security director for the Sturgis schools. So that's kind of a quick summary of me.
1: All right. What was your favorite of all that? What was the most exciting position you held? The, the one I
3: had most enjoyment out of was uh, um, probably the school resource officer. The excitement, uh, of course, is the raid team and the drug unit.
2: So. So Did I had the, the long adrenaline pumping. Yeah, it's just yeah, it was it was interesting times. Yeah. So I think most people that have worked in the, on a drug team. We'll kind of go back to that as being one of their most you know memorable points in their career. It's hmm. Just a unique, it's a unique yeah. environment. Um, it's a lot of fun.
1: Like memorable, okay, fun, fun. <laughs> Unpack that a little bit. Like you're on a drug unit because if I'm in danger, I don't equate <laughs> danger
2: and
0: fun together.
1: Uh, fun, I think.
3: Fun. Yeah, but I think that
2: that's going to be one of the questions that comes
3: up later as well. Is that the personality type that you have as a police officer? Um, I remember going into one of our drug houses, and I carried just a little pocket gun and walked in, and the guys selling machine guns. And I th- it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was it was exciting times. So wait, it, was this this was
1: in Sturgis? Uh, it was like so, in St.
3: Joseph County. So, selling machine guns. So <laughs>
2: so you it, brought a pistol to a machine gun fight? fight. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> That was one of those no
3: bueno moments. So, yeah, it's That's just fun. it's just little things like that, and things sure. you get to do that that you remember. And I remember, um, <laughs> you know, the when we start to do the after the drug buys, starting to do some of the um, pickups of all the people that we're arresting off, off the warrants, and uh, um, you know, was, you,
2: I remember those like it was just yesterday. Wow. So I think the fun is some of the satisfaction you get from the job, you know, hmm. from from your long the long hours you put into cases and the time you put into them to seeing the case all the way through to the end mm. you know the fun comes on multiple levels mm. you know the drug buys that stuff the you know the, the raids the entries on houses that that's fun but the, the true fun for me always came from the satisfaction of of seeing a case through to the end yeah. so and taking some people off the streets that that need to be taken off the streets
1: and kind of that satisfaction of Hey, I just I completed this yeah. Like, and this was a good thing and yeah. I think that when you go I think a lot of times when you talk about
2: the fun times in your career, drug team for officers I've worked the drug team that always seems to be one of the big ones, but I think it's that team that team family atmosphere that you get working with people you know eighteen hours a day, multiple days in a row, you know away from your family, doing close work where you you know you're trusting these people with your life that develops a, a special bond that you won't you won't find many places, so I think that's one of the reasons that you get that. That fondness of that, of that specific job. Uh, and Same I think thing. that it gives you also a little bit of meaning. I, there's
3: a couple of cases that I remember, and they're not like big investigations, but it was just even a traffic crash with uh, a guy getting out of a car as I'm pulling up, and he has some arterial bleeding, and it's just squirting pretty good. <laughs> and um, that you know that if you don't stop that very quickly, mm. then – this is a dad that's never going to go home and see his kids. Mm-hmm. And it's a husband that's not going to go home and see um, his wife. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's not like, Oh, that was really fun. It was, it was one of those things. You just, you know, what your job is, you go take care of it. And you know, that when you're done, um, you go shower and clean up that he gets to go home. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I just, you just remember little parts of your cases f- over the years and that one sticks out in my memory just as, as one of those.
2: Yeah. We all have those cases that you see it clear as day. 10, 15 years ago, It's like it was yesterday, 30 years ago for some of us.
1: <laughs> like I said, age before being. But something that, I mean, you don't have to guess whether or not, hey, did I make a difference today? You know you made a difference because homeboy is going to be able to go home to his kids because you intervened. Yes. I mean, I mean so there's, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Well, so, well, hey, before we jump in, I just want to thank thank you guys for coming on and doing this because we're in a cultural moment of tension, right or wrong, it's it's there. Whether we are on one side or another, we're indifferent. It's there. So, thanks for coming on to jump into this tension and and walk this line with us. Absolutely. Yeah, and and Dave, I know you're super prepared. Uh, for those of you that are listening, <laughs> like, they, and, and I, I, I applaud that. I applaud that. I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking it. Um, you're super prepared. Good. I'm going to, I did rearrange the questions. I didn't change oh. them. I didn't change
0: them. <laughs> you I, just threw I, them for I it. But I mean, just based on,
1: based on kind of the conversation, I, I just want to jump in. What are some things that you think the general public, you know, you guys are talking about some of the highlights of, of being on the force. What are some things that you think the general public, uh, ways that they take for granted state local you know uh, whether it's whether it's uh police you know fire you know any of the kind of the public it's question safety. number
0: seven dave just for your notes <laughs> <laughs> Already got that, yeah.
1: now it's question number two <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but yeah what what are some ways that you, you think they take take for granted what you guys do
2: you know i don't i'm not sure if it's take for granted would be the right way to put it um I think it's, it's generally the safe environment that we, we, have, we live in here in the U.S. Um, you know, you look compare us to a lot of other countries, um, you know, the road safety, you know, traffic crashes, that kind of stuff. The ability that when they call 911, no matter what time of day, night, someone's going to show up quickly uh, to help them. Uh, I think that's people don't think about it until they have that moment where, where they need it. Uh, and so I think that's something that they've come to expect. Come to depend on, but they don't necessarily think about it, so I think having having um, that person, those people to call those officers, firefighters, medics, whatever it may be, having someone to call and that will be there when they, when they need them most. So we, you know I talked to the officers quite a, quite a few times about um, we see people at their absolute worst every day hands down. Um, we don't see them at their best, uh, we see them when they're having a bad day, whether it's you know, a child, um, that's been injured, you know, uh, has passed away in their sleep. We see these people uh, at their most vulnerable, um, and we show up no matter what. And so I think that's, uh, it may not take for granted, but, um, they just have come to expect that and don't, and don't really think about having that option there until they need it.
3: I think for me, the nice part is that, uh, I was in the military as well in the Marine Corps and got to travel all over the world. So I've seen other countries and been in those environments. Uh, I've been in one country just as we go there. There's a, a body floating down the river, normal thing. Um, they're taking kids, taking them, putting them into um, prostitution. Um, you, uh, the kidnappings, and murders and stuff that are happening elsewhere. And then you come back, and I, you know, I sleep very comfortably here. Um, I. Um, had somebody ask, well, is there any part of town you wouldn't walk through? No, I'm fine walking through any part of town. I would, you know, walk with my wife. There are some areas that I'm not stupid. There are some areas that I would probably be a little bit more observant than others. But, you know, for the most part, we are in a very safe area. You don't have to go to bed wondering if somebody's going to drag you out of your house. You don't have to um uh, worry about if you're going to be alive or dead in, in the morning or if your parents are going to be there, if you're going to be pulled into the sex trade or um, slavery trade. That's just not an everyday thing that we have to think about. And 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 I think that uh, um, part of our problem is that in the United States, we're not as well-traveled as other people, and you don't really know, and we're apathetic and we, because we don't really care. You know, it's just when you look at that, you say, you know, pfft, that's got nothing to do with me. I'm upset because my whatever game that you have now, I don't even know which ones they are, which PlayStation 85 or whatever <laughs> they're on now. You know, it's just you're upset because you had a last year's model and that you don't see the stuff that goes there. And I think that what we take for granted is that you have people who are on the front line of dealing with stuff, whether you're a doctor, a nurse, a pastor, a police officer, that are dealing with that, and you get to be shielded from that. And I think that we take that for granted. And I don't want to just say it's only law enforcement because it's not, you know, how much junk are you guys dealing with now that pastors 10 years ago, 20 years ago, didn't have to deal with other than COVID because I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) Is that, you know, other stuff that's going on that that you have to deal with that other people haven't had to deal with before you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's one of the things we need to really be thoughtful of is what are others seeing, what are others doing, what are others going through? And and I think that we need to have a, a tender heart toward that. And sometimes we do
1: not. No, that's good. That's good. I mean, so in a lot of ways, I mean, from what you guys are saying, it's kind of like really the the way we would appreciate what we have more is if we didn't have it. Yeah. In a bad way. But but we don't want to get to the point where we don't have it. Right. You know. Mean, it's it's
2: becoming, you know, it's, it's an expectation that we have this safe environment. You know, we have the ability to walk the streets and, and not be overly concerned with what, with what would happen. And there's, you know, there's a lot of places in this world that, that don't have that option. I mean, we Dave and I spent time in Costa Rica and a large portion of the officers that we trained were riot police. I mean, over half of their department, it seemed like was riot police that just solely dealt with riots on a daily basis for a number of reasons. Um, and, you know, it wasn't safe to be downtown after certain hours and it wasn't, you know, there's all these kinds of, you couldn't really go for a walk uh, in certain neighborhoods. And so that was an expectation there, you know, and here, you know, we have systems in place that allow us to have for that freedom to do those things and not, and not have to be concerned about that. Uh,
1: So, yeah, it's that, you know, I think the expectation of safety. So what is something, uh, and, and we've hit a little bit on some of this, like what is something you think would surprise the average Joe citizen about law enforcement, about the, I mean the things that you guys do on a day to day basis, just like oh wow, I, like I didn't realize that was part of the package.
3: Uh, uh, and I'll let Ryan; he's got a better speech on this than I do. But <laughs> the, the one thing that that speech, I would, speech, yeah, yeah, and <laughs> he has me a, yeah, Give him a topic. He has a speech. <laughs> is come on backpacking? Yeah, is one of the things that you don't think about in. Here I, you know, for th- over thirty years have been involved one way or another with law enforcement. Is <clears> that I still remember a traffic crash that happened on South Centerville where a boy about the age of my son was riding a bike and it was sprinkling. He's trying to get home, and a truck hit him. And then the dude, the, the guy was drunk, um, left the scene, um, left the kid to die on the road, and. Um, Second car with a family hits the guy and drags him 200 yards down the road Mm. further, and that's a call that you have to go to. And that each one of those things, it's like you have a little backpack and you just throw that in Mm -hmm. to your backpack. Uh, um, We had a child not breathing right across from my house, and I get and I'm on the road and I get that call, so I'm responding. I'm thinking, that's my. You know that sons. Well, I know that's my son's babysitter. Mm -hmm. Is that my son that that I'm going to? Um, That you you see that you in the Sid's death. You know you take all that stuff and you just keep throwing it in your your pack. And that's something that that you that's something that you carry that other people don't know. Mm -hmm. And the bad part about it is that a lot of A personality type law enforcement officers. I'm not going to talk to you about that. I'm not a sissy. I'm not going to cry about it. I'm not going to do anything. I just, I have to compartmentalize it and go on. And that's the kind of stuff that people don't know. And I don't want you to feel sorry for him because that's, no one's in, I don't care that you feel sorry for me. You know, I, I didn't, maybe you do. Ryan's a little more sensitive. So uh, <laughs> that, 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 that's not what anybody's in for. Say, hey, I'm a hero. I hated when people call you heroes. I'm doing my job. And that I'm not a hero. I'm just a guy doing my job. And um, that, those, that, that stuff that they take home, and it not only affects them, it affects their families. Mm-hmm. And it affects your social life. It affects what you can do and how you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I wanted to go out with some friends, I can't do that around here. You can't do it where you can relax. You have to go someplace else to go do that. And that's something that people really don't know. And that, that to me, is the number one thing is that just be, when you put
2: that, pin that badge on, you pin it on to your family not just to you. Yeah, I think I would echo, echo that same thing about how, um, you know, not only the instance that you see, you know, and I had conversations with people, well, it's Sturgis, what, what really can what really goes on in Sturgis. Um, the same things that go on anywhere else, you see more of them in a bigger city, but we deal with it here. And so you have, you know, I know when Tenley, our youngest was born, oldest, in trouble now. <laughs> um, when our oldest was born, yeah, I just came daughter. back uh, <laughs> to the road after uh, being off for a couple of weeks with her, and we had three infant deaths within like Holy within Lord. a couple of weeks. And I worked all of them; I was on call for every single one of them. So you go home at night and you see, you know, you see your little kid. And so I'm up thirty minutes checking her to see if she's breathing, and so you take some of that stuff. You know, there's no way to pack it away and leave it at work. It comes home with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, you know, it's a family, it's a family career, it's a family profession. I mean, you know, my kids—they know if they have a friend, I didn't even know who the friend is, I did know where they live, um, just because you know you have to, have, you're forced to have conversations with your young kids about things that most people probably don't. Um, you know, why can't I go to that friend's house? Well. It's the rest of them. You know, know. <laughs> know. You know how, you. so how do you, ex- how do you explain that to a <laughs> seven-year-old? Yeah. Uh, why they can't go to their friend's house or, or why someone can't come to your house um, or why you're not, you know, there on their birthday or why you're not there on Christmas um, when everyone else is celebrating Christmas because you're working. Um, you know, there's, it sacrifices not only on the officers or firefighters, you know, their behalf, but it's sacrifices on a family level. Uh, and Dave kind of hit on it of your inability to maybe go out Uh, to a restaurant, or you go to a restaurant and you see your waiter, (laughs) your waiter or waitress is somebody that you arrested recently. And we're not, we're going to have to leave. um, Because you just don't know. Um, I would never want my, you know, my profession to have a negative impact on my family. And so you have to end up taking precautions that most people don't think about. Um, And so it's, I think it's, it's hardest when you have to deal with your kids and explain some of those things to them. I know I think uh, you and I talked about our JB and I, we were having a conversation recently um, about like my kids are super proud of Sturge Police Department and their dad and everything else. <clears throat> so they like their Sturge Police shirts. They like to wear them. And so I have to tell them, you know, eight weeks ago, you can't wear those shirts. You can't wear them when you go to the store. You can't wear them when you're out in public. You just can't do it. Um, why is that? And so my oldest one, she gets it. My 8-year-old, not so much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the safety concerns that come along with that and why it may not be safe to wear a shirt that supports law enforcement right now, kind of in the current culture and climate we have, um, are some difficult conversations. I'm sure Dave has had similar, similar conversations with, with his kids and family when he was still on the road and still working yep. in law enforcement. So, When you give them the
3: look, they know it's time to go. Yeah. It's like, go, no mm-hmm. questions. It's and we've had to do that several times. What happened, and then you know, you find out in the car. So this person just came in. We don't need to
2: be here right now. And so I actually put my oldest daughter underneath a clothes rack in a store one time because I had to deal with some people who were following me through the store. Hmm. She was four
1: or five at the time. Door stay right here for a second. Dang, that'd be a different <laughs> that'd be a different way to live. So I mean that that leads into I mean because right now one of the conversations in our culture is a polarizing one. And I mean so this is this is one aspect of it, right, but it's but it's kind of putting, you know, ethnic groups on this side and police over here and and there doesn't seem to be like a nice <laughs> happy medium. But like what is it like for you guys? I mean especially Ryan right now because I mean, you're mm-hmm. you're actively on the force still. Mm-hmm. What is it like living in a climate that is, has really become so polarized towards like no, you're either for this group or you're for this group. And in this case, one of the groups that people are for or against it is the the cultural narrative is the police, right?
2: You know, it's, uh, it's difficult. Uh, it's difficult. I think Dave would probably agree with me on this. Law enforcement is a profession. We both care deeply about. We're passionate about, um, passionate about the officers, uh, that I get to work with. Um, and what, and the jobs they do. And I see, you know, I see how much they put into the, their job and how much it means to them and how much they invest in these cases and uh, victims of crime um, and the passion they have for that. So to see, you know, and that's something that most people will never get to see or never get to understand because they don't see it on a daily basis, they're not involved in it on a daily basis. So to see a side of it that most people don't know uh, and see how much these officers care um, for their communities and, and the, all they invest in their communities, and then to see uh, a negative narrative put out there, um, whether by media um, or whatnot, you know, it's disheartening. Uh, it, it's saddening because I know that's that's not the accurate reflection mm-hmm. of, of law enforcement um, and the officers, you know, that serve in law enforcement. At the end of the day, for me, when um, you talk about, The incident in question, the George Floyd um, incident, Um, I think whether it's law enforcement, whether it's um, people in general, it comes down to a heart issue. I mean, it's it's a heart issue at the end of the day, no matter what. Um, What what was that person's heart? What was in their heart? And what were they acting on at that moment? Um, You know, police officers are still people. Um, And, you know, so the best way to look at it for me is, is it's a hard issue and it's an individual. Uh, we have to make sure our law enforcement has a heart for service and make sure they're acting in that, in that role. Um, but also have to understand some of the historical aspects of how these situations unfold, um, and, and maybe why they unfold and and know the, um, and make sure we have all the facts before we kind of go down that road.
1: Go ahead. you want to throw anything out there, Dave?
2: Uh, I just, to
3: me, it's the, the frustrating thing is focusing on the real thing. This, what's the real issue? If this issue is a, you have a Yahoo that's got some issues with excessive force, deal with that person. You know, just like if I'm telling you right now, um, the kiting checks, writing bad checks, stealing, whatever, deal with that person. You don't paint with one big fat brush. And I think that that's what we want to do as an American society is paint everything with a big old fat brush. And so I have one bad officer, your whole department's awful. If I have um, one guy who's black that committed crime, all black people commit crimes. I find a a guy who comes... Uh, who looks brown, he's from Mexico. Oh, well, he had to have come here illegally. You know, it's just we paint with that stupid, big, fat brush instead of looking at each other individually, and that once we start looking at each other individually and dealing with the real issue, that's the only time that we can, I think, that's the only time that we can deal with the problems. And that, that we need to, um, this this is one of those that he used really nice words. I used, like, <laughs> anger, anger. Uh, You're just you're you're to the point and more blunt. Yeah, (laughs) I want to pick up my chair and throw it. Yeah, it's just it just the, you know, you leave a a lifestyle. When I left the police department, um, I think that when I left, yeah, there's tears (laughs) here. It it was fun. My uh, Uh, retirement cake had on it, uh, "You're dead to us." Is uh, (laughs) it's just, but you know, um, but when I left there, I think I left it in a better place than when I started and that one of the things that we really worked on was family and that we really worked on making a, um, a community and really pushing it that, that that we care about the individual, moving it down to the to, to the individual. I think that, that uh, any police department is a microcosm of the society around. So when you're saying, oh, there's racism in the police department, you know what? Yes, there is, just like there is with pastors, doctors, nurses, nurses, um, truck drivers every place we have racism is it right no do we need to deal with it yes um i think that a pastor is held to a higher standard and i think and the bible says that that you're held to a higher standard a police officer is held to a higher standard hold them to that higher standard if you have somebody who's doing something wrong get rid of them i have no problem with that i fired plenty of of police officers paramedics and and uh, um and allowed people to leave, um, a a profession that didn't really need them. And, and I think that we need to start manning up and start stepping up. And when we see somebody doing something wrong, deal with that wrong, not take that broad stroke and come across and say, you are all bad because of this. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that, that, um, that we'll, we'll never have um, healing when we, um, want to attack everybody and everything. And we do it in big groups and and not, not talking about big groups of rioters, uh, not that, but when I'm just saying all black people, all white people, all pastors, all police officers, um, all, um, construction workers, you know, all this other stuff that we got to knock that stuff off. And if somebody is a cancer, you surgically remove that cancer. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't, um, throw out the entire body with it.
1: Right. So, I mean, one of the, one of the big uh, buzzwords and, or phrases in in our culture right now is is systemic racism. What I hear you saying is it's, the problem is systemic generalization. Like oh this this one cop did something bad, all cops are bad. This black guy did something bad, all black guys are bad. This Mexican guy did something, just generalization. Yes, I mean, is that? Yeah. I mean when you look at what is in the media and what's
2: portrayed on the news, it's never, very rarely is it individual incidents. They talk about the incident when they apply it to the whole. And that's just furthering that divide. And at a time when um, we need to come together to look at, you know, issues as a country, we're getting further divided apart um, because this wedge is getting thrown in there, whether it is between law enforcement, whether it's between doctors, whatever it may be, right? I mean, the same thing kind of applies to, and I don't want to bring up covid <laughs> So plug your ears
3: like,
1: um,
2: you know, you talk about the divide that that is causing in the, in the country, mm-hmm. um, you know, mask or no mask. Right. It's, it's these huge and they hit it perfectly with, you know, the giant paintbrush that's applying to everybody. If you don't fall in line with one side or the other, it's unacceptable. Right. And so that same issue is what is I think is affecting law enforcement and it's affecting, you know, uh, minority communities
1: within the country as well. All right. Well, hey, we're going to pause because we're actually going to, this will be like the end of episode 23. uh, And we're going to, but we're going to keep talking and we will, uh, we'll finish this conversation. Maybe in episode 24, maybe in episode 25. Uh, We'll see where this goes. But uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us for episode 23 of Radiant Reflections. Uh, Join us for the next episode where we continue this conversation with Ryan Benazic and
0: Dave Northrup. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at church. That's podcast at church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.